Hi, hello. Welcome to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm Michael Foreman, author. Hi again, it's Michael Foreman, author, calling to you all the way from the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast in Western Australia. I'm an author of dark fiction, and here on the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about some of my sexless marriage content that goes into those stories. If you're a long-term listener to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast, first, I'd like to say, welcome back. If you're a newbie, and this is the first time you're hearing my voice, hello and thank you for dropping by. I'd also like to tell you that a lot of what I talk about here is related to sexless marriages. To bring you up to speed, I had a sexless marriage. I was married to an asexual, suffered a 10-year sexless marriage, and then we got divorced. The divorce was the happy ever after I, <laughs> we, needed for the marriage. It's an odd way to say it, but when you're in such a predicament, the result makes perfect sense. I used to write travel articles that were light, warm, and fluffy. Sunshine glowed on every page. And then my life turned dark as I followed a sexless lifestyle down a dirty rabbit hole. There was a lot of suffering on the way down, and I thought to myself, how can love turn into a marriage that contains absolutely no sex? Questions are asked. They're asked all the time. Unfortunately, answers are never found. There are lots of theories, reasons, and, dare I say it, excuses for a sexless marriage, but there were never any answers that stood out to me. Another sexless week would follow another sexless month, which followed a sexless year. Assigning blame to any one thing was pointless. It's still sexless, no matter what the cause is, or was, no matter who was or is to blame. That hole I found myself in was so dark for so long. I find it hard to write with that kind of holiday glow anymore. It's been many years since that marriage ended, but I have scars that last. My new relationship is a shining light, and it's everything my marriage wasn't. But the memory of the trauma is long and it runs deep. I remember being tortured every day. No one believes you when you say that. So you say it quietly to yourself when you're alone. Alone is everything you don't want, but it becomes everything you have. Seethings became my dumping ground for all the pain. This novel I wrote became my glorious triumph over this celibate marriage of mine. I needed an outlet. The emotional burden overwhelmed me. I was forced to write, and write on something I hated doing. That's why I podcast on this topic, and why I write for it on my site. Perhaps your marriage is verging on being sexless right now, and you'll want to know if, one, is it actually sexless and not your imagination? And number two, what the hell to do about it? When I started researching for material on this topic in 2006, I had to use keywords to find relevant content. You know how it works. You pop a search term into the search bar and go for it. 
In 06, the term sexless marriage wasn't yet standardised. Writers on the topic were few and hard to find. I had trouble locating material I could relate to. I don't even think the phrase sexless marriage even entered my mind, much less became a search term. I was looking for something better, something that reflected the religious element of our relationship, the history of us. Celibacy. Celibacy was the word I started with. That was the term I used in searches. We had been celibate up to our wedding day, and then I was to be celibate again. And so I reached for that word. It made sense. Given that I didn't consent to it, I paired it with another word. Involuntarily celibate made sense. Don't laugh. The incel movement didn't yet exist. I didn't agree to continue our life choice to remain celibate. But this time, I was coerced into it. It was a logical search term. Not incel, but involuntarily celibate. The results were thin, but what it yielded was closer to anything else I used when I searched. With this at hand, I began to write content on marriages that were made to be celibate by one of the two spouses, from the perspective of the sufferer. Well, a year or two went by, and then something really weird happened. A nice fellow by the name of Elliot Roger killed six people. His bizarre manifesto changed the entire nature of the phrase, and with it, killed my plans to use the term for myself. No longer was it about married people like me. It was about single people like him. Young, narcissistic, misogynistic men who couldn't get laid became the brand of incel. They hijacked the damn term from me. Angry, sexually frustrated men, bitter about their lot, exploded. I remember one guy even said that the government should pay for single men to get laid. There is a weird irony to the term incel. Males, or rather young males, weren't the first to adopt that word. The first recorded mention of it was by a young female back in 1993. Her name is Alana, and she called her website Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project. Basically, it was a diary of her life. She wasn't bitter about not getting sex. She wasn't angry. It was a diary, not a damn manifesto of death and gloom. 93 is a distant past. In my hometown, the internet didn't flourish until about mm, 97. Social conscience on this topic didn't exist. I felt by writing my story, I'd start one. I spoke about being involuntarily celibate all the time. Elliot Rogers' little escapade changed my approach to blogging. The involuntary celibacy phrase wasn't something I was interested in promoting through my blogs anymore. There is no way my stories are related to that extremist minority. Mine are all within a marriage. It's half of a couple, not the whole of an individual. I had to remove almost 
all instances of the words involuntarily celibate from my sight, and then I had to do it from my book's manuscript. The next search term that brought in some good results was dead bedrooms. On Reddit, there's a subreddit called, funnily enough, forward slash dead bedrooms. All one word, no spaces or capital letters. It's a relatively good place to see this kind of content, although it's a little wild and loose over there. By that I mean things can get aggressive. Then I came across sexlessmarriage.yuku.com. I now pick it up in a phone called Tapper Talk because it's easier to browse on my phone that way, but you can get it on the desktop and see it from there just fine. It's a bulletin board styled forum. The topics are easy to browse, and there are many of them to choose from. It's a place where people in sexless marriages can get together and share their experiences or just get their emotions of one off their chest. I'm a contributor there because of the experience I've had with my own sexless marriage. But there is a wide cross-section of stories. Mostly, they are from individuals who just simply want to tell the world that their sex life is in the toilet. Their marriage has no physical intimacy. They usually start their story with a historical blow-by-blow of their marriage's dying sex life. Contributors drop in to help with its autopsy after that. Here's one I came across this morning. It's from a guy. Well, I presume it's a guy, as there's a profile picture of a muscular chest on it. 11B is the life for me. I don't even know what that handle means, but I'll read to you some of what he was talking about. And I must warn you, there are some expletives, so prepare your ears for swear words. So, I just need to complain. I mean, I'm in a sexless marriage and I'm in my early 40s, married for 14 years. At this point, we're just roommates. It's been as long as I can remember, throwing me a bone every year or so. It's fucking torture for me. But the wife couldn't care less at this point. I do believe that she is simply asexual. This shit has fucked me up. I have tried so many things, Tried to show her how much I love her. I tried to wine and dine her. Bend over backwards for her. And nothing works. Talking to her is pointless. It's like talking to a brick wall. She literally just sits there and won't talk or even look me in the eye. She just shuts down and waits for me to get tired of complaining. I told her how important sex is to me. But she doesn't care. To me, sex is like food or sleep, and I have a super hard time going without it. Irritation, depression, anger, and rejection are my life. So I thought to myself, maybe, if I made myself more appealing, she'll notice me. I kill myself every day lifting weights and running in the hot Texas sun. I dropped 25 pounds of fat and then regained it in muscle. I worked my abs to the point of vomiting and then continued to work out. I finally achieved the body I wanted. And then what do I get from her? Nothing. No sex. 
No kissing. No hugging. No fucking attention whatsoever. I finally go on to talk about how people at the gym, women particularly, find me attractive and have made passes. Nothing. Thank God for porn. Thanks for listening to me rant. And that's what a lot of contributors do. They rant because they feel they have to. They need to vent. The men are a little more aggressive in their tone when they do it. The women just feel hurt and confused. They drop by and say they do exercises too, fix their hair, buy a new dress, new lingerie, and there's no reaction from their husbands whatsoever. Nothing at all. A respondent known as Rudra replies to the guy, Hello and welcome to the club nobody wants to be a member of. What you've described here is the very typical bait-and-switch scenario. They are a sexual person until such time they feel secure in the whole setup. You know, moving in, marriage, first pregnancy, and child, etc. And then they flip into not wanting sex. And they're amazed that their partner still does. I've had plenty of conversations with my refuser ex, where he'd either shut down and walk away, or have his eyes glaze over, or insist there was something wrong with me. This happens to both men and women, and I don't know why they shut down that way, but it's often a form of using sex as a weapon, or a type of control. No one comes out with happiness. Sexlessmarriage.yuku.com is a very civilised place to put your grievances like this. Respondents are empathetic. If you were to put that kind of content onto social media, it'd be ripped to shreds and disrespected at every chance. Yes, the site is a safe place to vent your frustrations. Another good place to do that is iliasm.org. That's I live in a sexless marriage as an acronym. iliasm.org. It's very similar in that it's a bulletin board style forum. The kinds of writing you'll find there are the same. It's all civil and respectful inside these communities. Yes, some people on the forum have met up, divorced their respective partners, sometimes it's the other way around, (laughs) and have returned to deliver their happy ever after stories to the forum. Every one of them is deliriously happy for making the change. They're not dating sites per se, but adults will be adults. And who else would be better to meet than someone who is going through the very same issues? I would have loved to have kept using the words involuntarily celibate because I still feel it's the right application of the phrase. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Perhaps forced celibacy would be a better substitute. Or maybe abstinence coercion. Hmm. Oh well, sexless marriage will have to do. My story went into my book, Seethings, and it's available for you to read for free. Just go to smashwords.com and download yourself a copy. You'll have it in your favourite reading device within seconds. Yes, it's free. No catches. Nothing. Just read the story and enjoy it. And perhaps, if you liked it, you'll do a review on goodreads.com or smashwords.com where you downloaded it. That way, I can help promote stories that contain sexless marriages. 
My website is at michaelformanwriting.com. There you'll find links to all the stories I write, both long and short, as well as my social media links, including the link to this podcast. Speaking of the podcast, thank you for listening to it. The Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast is currently being broadcast through nearly every major podcast app that's out there. Just do a search for the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast in yours, subscribe to it, and anytime I'm broadcasting a new episode, a notification will come your way. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you had a really great time listening to it. I also hope it helped in some small way. Wherever you are in the world, just remember... It can always rain on your parade. I'll see you later.